This is the Toward a New World podcast with your host, Corinna Stoffel. As a space for all things regarding the global collective transition we are in, we have conversations about transition, separation, and connection regarding oneself, others, and the earth. The aim is to educate, empower, and inspire. Hello and welcome to this podcast. Today's subject is unconscious bias. Wow. And it came actually out of reading an article about uh, recently a governor signing uh, the ban on abortion bills in the state as into law. And as, a, as the press conference went on, the governor stated, I believe all life is sacred and that every individual, including the unborn, should be treated with dignity and compassion. And I'll read it again. Let it really sink in. I believe all life is sacred and that every individual, including the unborn, should be treated with dignity and compassion. And I have to say, I reacted to that. And I said, wait a second, you have the death penalty. And then I said, is that sure? So I went online and Googled and yes, that state does have the death penalty. So right there, all of life is sacred. Is that a true statement? If all life is sacred, I cannot have the death penalty because the moment I as the state give myself the power to kill somebody, not all life is sacred anymore. At least for me, that does not work. So the question then comes up for me, is all of life or some lives are more sacred than others. Because that would be the only explanation for having the death penalty. But death penalty isn't the only way where life is not sacred anymore. Where do you think? are events or occurrences except for murder an individual killing another individual that shows that not all of life is sacred what about war and 
doubly so because initially we say, okay, so that state is going to war against another one and there's the military and the soldiers and they signed up knowing that they might get killed. You can make all kinds of arguments. But the reality is that no matter where the war is, no matter for what kind of reason a war is being fought, it is usually way more civilians that get killed in a war than soldiers. And not that I am making the life of a soldier less valuable than that of a civilian, but I want to point that point it out because usually we don't think about civilians when we think about war. It's sort of like, yeah, the soldiers, they are fighting. And in all honesty, going back to into history, when two countries, or better said, two kingdoms fought a war, it was the two kings that battled it out. And those, there was one life that was lost. slightly different events way back when. But beyond the war, where is life, all life, not necessarily sacred? What about having gratitude, for instance, for the food that we eat? Because it doesn't matter if you are vegan, vegetarian, or an omnivore, meaning you include meat. Everything on the, pl on the plate has given its life to nourish us. Harvesting plants is killing life if you really go technical. And I remember being fascinated with Native American values because that's where I came across it for the first time that they went out hunting and they put out the request, we need food. That's why we go hunting. And then they honored the animal that gave its life in the hunt for giving up its life to nourish the people. Are we thanking the animals today are we in our Western world thinking the plants that give up their life? Because they are alive and they give up their life for us to be nourished. And the reason I'm bringing it up is because really 
having the awareness that one species gives up their life to sustain humans. And they may very well do this with the intention of sustaining humans. Yet are we humans willing to have the gratitude for that? And then let me get to the next part that also triggered me. I have, I have to say that whole statement really got under my skin. Every individual should be treated with respect and compassion. And yes, it was more specified in the original statement, including the new unborn, to justify signing that into law and to making that statement. But I just want to look at the generic. Every individual should be treated with respect and compassion. Is that the case? Are we truly treating every individual? Or again, are there some more than others? What about women? Are all women treated with respect and dignity? What about the poor? Are we treating the poor the same way as we treat the millionaires and billionaires as a society? What about the homeless? Are we treating them the same way? What about prisoners? How is it in that situation? How about people that have different lifestyles? What about them? How about people with different sexual orientation? Do we treat them with respect and compassion? How about different races? Are we treating, truly treating every single different race with respect and compassion? Or have we learned to pretend that this is so, yet the reality is not so? And recent history has shown us that that is not the case. What about people with different beliefs or religions? How much are we actually doing what that poor governor said. And I know that the 
governor, when it said it, fully believed it. How much do we say things that we believe to be true, yet when we really closely look at it, they also show bias. And every individual brought up another thing for me. Does individual mean only people? Or does this apply to animals too? Are animals individuals too that we respect and treat with compassion? What about the meat industry? Feedlots for cattle are really compassionate. And those are very happy cows. Really? Or we talk about cage-free chicken. Yeah, they are not caged up, but they are contained within a big warehouse hall and can trample over each other. And those are really happy chicken that are totally relaxed. Or is there somewhat a difference in regenerative farming, which I am interested or have become interested over the last few years, uh, and where I have seen chicken coops that are big containers that allow the chicken to be outside on the grass, at the same time protecting them from birds of prey that might go and steal a chicken, which the farmer is not necessarily interested in. I can understand it. But they can move. It's bigger than the space that the amount of the number of chickens that are in that container require, and it gets moved. So they continuously have new grass, new insects, new worms to, to pick at. So animals, as they get slaughtered, as they live and then get slaughtered, they have feelings, they have emotions. And have you ever considered that that might get stored in the meat, that we may actually eat meat of animals that are scared? And what does that do to us? Have we ever been willing to look into that, to know about it, to be aware? Where are we protecting ourselves from biases that we might actually have. Now, I've mentioned the word bias several times now, and I looked it up in the dictionary, 
bias is defined as a prejudice in favor of or against something. So a bias very often is the basis for a belief that we have. Are we willing to really examine the beliefs that we have? Even examine the ones that we cognitively are aware of. And are we willing to become cognitively aware of, of all the beliefs that we're not even conscious of? How much does the in favor of or against create inequality? How many beliefs are there in our society about the worth of men and women? To make it really simple. We talk about that men and women are equal. But do we truly believe that? Or do we pretend to leave it, believe it? Because the facts don't show that men and women are equal. If they were, then for one hour of the same work, a woman should get the same pay as a man, which is not the case, very simply stated. So where are we? Have you ever considered that the impact of bias on the person we are biased or for or against has an impact on the immune system. The racism, for instance, is known that leads to cardiovascular diseases that there is more depression. And it's statistically proven that more women are depressed than men. The amount of stress that a person experiences. How do we treat others? If we really are willing to look at that, from both a personal level, how am I willing to treat others? And how is society treating others? It could show us the biases that we have. And there is actually social science research is looking at them and they are running experiments they test for implicit and explicit bias, conscious and unconscious bias. And how much is bias not necessarily a premeditated thing that I decide, oh, okay, I'm going to have a bias against. And 
there still are some that truly believe and it's stoked that this belief is correct and we need to get rid of and we need to change that etc but there bias can be very very subtle and unless each one of us becomes willing to check it within ourselves we won't even recognize it that as a society, as a whole, we have a certain bias. So stereotypes, how many stereotypes do we have? I mean, nothing against comedy on the one hand, yet comedy also uses a lot of stereotyping to make the jokes, to create the jokes. And we, we find them funny. Is that treating everybody with respect and compassion? We find things out that counter our stereotypes. Are we willing to do that? Are we willing to change our stereotypes or even let go of them? Are we actively searching out where stereotypes are not valid or they're incorrect so we can start to lower the amount of stereotypes that we have, that we can start to lower the biases that we have. Where are we willing to go? What are we willing to do? That is my question. And, you know, the question I'm raising, not just for its own sake, but if we are in a transition and if we desire to have a new world, a different world, maybe a kinder world, wouldn't it behoove us to become aware of the biases that we have? Wouldn't it behoove us to become aware of the stereotypes that we have and to let go of them so we can have more equality and have less health impacts on people that are on the receiving end of a bias or a stereotype. Food for thought. I invite you to check it out if this is something there where you would like to go. And I acknowledge that it is something that is an ongoing process. It's not that you can wave the magic wand and to change all your stereotypes and all your biases are gone. At least it hasn't worked for me yet in that way. But I find it worthwhile to become aware of it. So have a great time. 
Nice contemplations until next time. Bye-bye.